hey, how did you find this? You must have something better to do with your time. Maybe you should go somewhere else and do something more productive. You've stumbled on the Invisible Humanitarian Podcast, for Pete's sake. I'm Andy Rayner. I'm your guide through some unique conversations from Prince Edward Island on the Canadian East Coast. We're going to have conversations about hiking, theology, culture, commercial fishing, and even stories from French West Africa from time to time. So come and join a lot of laid-back craziness. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Invisible Humanitarian Podcast. We have a new guest in the office today. It's uh, Ross Morrison, a longtime friend of mine from Alberton, Prince Edward Island. Good to have you, Ross. Good to be here, Andy. Yeah, it's been, you, you've never been in my cockpit before, have you? I've never, no, I've never done anything like this before. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, I think you were quite overwhelmed with all the microphones and gadgets <laughs> I have sitting out here, right? Yes, it was, it was quite a studio. Yeah, well, anyway, it's, it's, it's definitely nothing fancy, but it certainly fun, or functions quite well anyway. Yeah. So, uh, no, no, Ross is a, uh, Ross is a minister at the Alberton Baptist Church at this uh, time of this recording. And uh, we met back, oh, a number of years ago when I first moved home from Africa and started ministering at a church at Greenmount here, not too far from Alberton. And, uh, well, we've been in touch over the years, just kind of off and on. Yeah. And uh, and what we, year did you come back, Andy? Just... That, that was uh, uh, in 2000. Oh, 2000, yeah. yeah so yeah. we connected then. And, and then after I was done with the ministry there, I was kind of going back to Africa and involved in a lot of things. So we kind of yeah. kind of didn't see each other for a lot there off and on, but more, yeah. more waving as we passed by in town. Exactly. But, but yeah. anyway, it's all, always been good. We've had many good conversations over the years. Sure have. Well, the yeah. last conversation we had, was uh, I had my grandkids at the beach Yes, yeah. and I was sitting in the water in a foot deep of water like a beached whale, the big chubby guy I yeah. am and you came along for a chat. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, that was good. Yeah, it was yeah. funny. Anyway, I said to Lynn, I said, I, I said, I probably was a sight for sore eyes for Ross and Wendy when they came, but I was sitting in the shallow water for the kids like so the girls wouldn't go too far. They were small kids, right? Yeah, it was a beautiful evening. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, we had, uh, we just reconnected this weekend at, uh, Ross's church who had a men's retreat this past weekend. Want to tell us who was there, Ross, and what he was speaking on? Okay, so uh, we had uh, Dr. Jack Whittock of Haddington House in Charlottetown. Uh, he, he was there for the weekend on the Saturday for the men's conference, and then uh, he preached uh, twice on the Sunday. So Jack is originally from Ontario. Yeah. Um, you know, he studied, and uh, he's... Uh, he was pastoring in New Brunswick for a while, and then he came to uh, Prince Edward Island to uh, start uh, Haddington House, uh, which kind of was a, a place where they did, he was doing a lot of distance education or yeah, yeah. one-week intensive courses at, mm-hmm. at the place there for a while. So I've known him probably... Maybe fifteen years or so, I guess. Something yeah, like that. yeah. You 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 just finished a course with him last or recently? Yes, didn't I you? just did. Yeah, yeah. I, I just finished one on spiritual formation. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I kind of hadn't finished it, and then we started it up again. I just finished it. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So the same theme, but that was probably probably yeah. that study that prompted you to have this at the men's retreat. Well, it did. Yeah, because uh, I I thought it was so practical and so good, like. I mean, it was grounded so well theologically, but it yeah. was so, such practical teaching yeah. that I thought, man, I wish, I wish 
everyone could hear this. Every Christian yeah. could hear it. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, that was exactly the, the thought I had. And, uh, Gordon Weatherby and I had a conversation with yeah. it there. He, he was there. He's a fellow minister yeah. at another church here. And, uh, and, and we said, you know, like that kind of a topic, when you talk a spiritual growth, spiritual yeah. formation, it can end up being a very shallow discussion because right. we get into little mechanics of what to do and read books or journal, which, yeah. you know, those conversations aren't bad, but, yeah. but when you got Dr. Jack Wittick at the helm of talking about the subject, we should have known that he was going to come from a very uh, biblical theological base yeah. as the foundation, how God's word drives us there. And right? that's what I, I find we have found encouraging over the years about uh, Jack, because he has all this knowledge, mm-hmm. but he's, he, he also has such practical, uh, He's so practical in his application, yeah. and he doesn't talk over your head. He doesn't talk abstractly, nope. uh, but you can tell the depth is there. But yeah. it's he just is able to speak, um, you know, at, at anyone's level. Like you know, yeah. he's yeah. he's very good at that. Yeah, yeah. no, no, we sure sure appreciate it. And anyway, yeah. So uh, so Ross uh, is is originally from Cape Breton. Mm. And if I recall correctly in our conversations, uh, after you graduate from high school in your younger years, you're one of your careers, you were a woodcutter, you used to cut pulp or something. Uh, that's that's right. Yeah. Involved in a lot of for- forestry work, cutting pulp wood and logs and yeah. did some tree planting and silviculture work. Right. Yeah. And then just around the time I became a Christian and just before I, I started to work as a foreman on, with a forestry crew. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, and how, how, or what, what, what church did you uh, first start to attend and how, how did, uh, how did Christ get a hold of your heart and your mind? Yeah. So I uh, grew up in Margaret Valley Baptist church, uh, which, um, grew up going to Sunday school and church mm-hmm. and probably till I was about 16. I, and I was involved in the youth group mm-hmm. at the church. Uh, so yeah, I, I did that, but the, you know, the struggle started in the teen years. I, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the message of salvation and our need of Christ mm-hmm. was presented quite clearly in our church. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, at that time in the 70s, 60s, 70s, well... Um, careful, the, we're showing our age there, Ross. Yeah, I know, I am anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just thought, well, the, the Christian life seems a little bit too narrow and strict for me. And I think I, you know, I I wanted to just enjoy life and have friends. I didn't want to do anything really bad. So I just thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a middle road, not between, you know, it seemed I was thinking at church, well, if you, if you weren't a Christian, you were going to get involved in all this, you know, yeah. wickedness or your life's going to fall apart. Yeah. And uh, so, but uh, I really thought, okay, I'm just going to go down this middle road. Right. Not realizing that I was just heading out in the broad path that, you know. So, yeah, so I I lived that kind of lifestyle. You made a made a confession of Christ of your own again and Yeah, so by the time I was 25, uh, you know, I was I was uh reaping the fruit of a life uh living, making my own decisions, following my own heart. Right. Uh relationships yeah. that didn't work out and by the time I was 25, I uh really and uh, I, I was in a relationship that ended uh, not well, and I was hurt, and I really started to think of okay, what's wrong with my <clears throat> life? Why is it turning yeah. out this way? Right. Um, and so I just started. To, I, God was working in my heart, which I didn't realize at the time. So um, yeah. you know, I began to so I guess seek God or seek the meaning of life, and 
God used troubles to actually bring me to himself. Right. Um, and uh, so... That was your wake-up call. The that shock. was, that yeah. was the, yeah, kind of the, 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 you know, shock of that. And, uh, and then just starting to look at, you know, my parents' generation, it seemed, you know, marriages were lasting. Um, they didn't need alcohol and drugs to, you know, live their life. Uh, yeah, they yeah. seemed to be content, you know. <clears throat> I look at my parents and other people their age, but yeah. a lot of my friends already, by the time I was 25, you know, some of them had been married and divorced, some were in alcoholics, some were into drugs. Yeah. I just seen my, my generation, uh, there was a lot of trouble, yeah. you know, and I could see, one thing I could see, like my mom was a, tr a Christian and I knew other Christians in the community and I thought, you know, there's something about their lives that, like, they had, they, they, they seem to have meaning and purpose and their lives seem to be stable. Yeah, and that yeah. that was that I could see that. Yeah, well, it, it, so uh, what I'm hearing is 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 you you were fully aware that the sinful your, the sinful choices the world's path yes. was bringing broken relationships, yeah. a lack of stability that that you saw Christians had had yeah. because of Christ. And I think the other thing is, but still, like it, at the first the beginning of uh, you know, and I was just starting to question things and look at things. I really was sort of. Uh, not looking at myself as being the problem, uh, I was uh, I was blaming. <laughs> that's t that's typical. Yeah, I was blaming other people. Yeah, right. And it wasn't until I yeah. and, and I was really busy working as a foreman. But in the uh, yeah. early, like say late November or so, I would our work in the Highlands of Cape Breton would end, and uh, I was looking forward to getting <clears throat> home, working on my dad's property by myself. I right. would be doing pulpwood or. Mm -hmm. silviculture and i was just thinking oh when i get alone by myself i'll be able to kind of figure things out or have time to think yeah yeah but it was uh in the woods one day back in it was november of uh, 1984 i was uh, you know trying to figure out life and it seemed the more i thought the the <laughs> i wasn't getting very far because there seemed to be no um I, I i couldn't find an answer but and i was blaming people which you know and the at the end i'd say well so what? You know, it, that, that doesn't really help me blaming other people, like, yeah. you know, for, the, yeah. you know, where I felt it was. So, but it was one day I was sitting in the stump. I just, I just, I, I felt like I, I could hardly work. I was just really under conviction was what it was. Right. But in a moment of time, uh, while I, I was sitting on a stump, I can still see where I w was at, uh, just about a kilometer away from where I grew up. And uh, I could see the mountains and the hills. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I was sitting on the stump and, I didn't, it wasn't an audible voice, but it seemed like an audible voice in my head that said, you know, you're, you're the problem. It's, it's, it's yourself. Yeah. And if someone would have hit me over the head with a sledgehammer, I don't think it would have been anymore. <laughs> and I remember yeah, I just. It was a revelation. I, 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 I like, in that moment, it was mm. like 10 years from the time I was 15 to 25. It was just like my life passed before me. And I realized. Mm -hmm that I had made the wrong decisions and it was all my fault. And I saw that I had squandered my youth, Andy. Yeah. And I laid on that stump the rest of that afternoon and I cried. Yeah. It was the darkest day of my life in one way, but it was the beginning of God beginning to... It was the crack that let the light yeah, in. Yeah, that's right, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that stump was your altar, really, in, 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 in an amazing way, yeah. 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 No, I think, I think uh, well, isn't that the really our conversion story 
to some degree, yeah. it's that where, where we realize that I'm the sinner here. Yes. It's not everybody else. And then we have to just throw ourselves at the Lord and say, okay, uh, it's me, Lord. And now, yeah. now change me. Right. <laughs> and I knew at that point, you know, the funny thing was, I knew I had to go back to church. Right. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what I was going to hear, but I just, that seemed I just knew after that day, mm-hmm. I have to start going back to church. And I didn't really know what that, but I, I knew it meant, I guess, that I was looking for God. Yeah, yeah. And so you started to hear the word of God at your local yeah. church. and there was a, a pastor, he was an evangelist, uh, Pierre Chesson from- Oh, uh, I've met him, yeah. Yeah, yeah Southwest yeah. Marguerite. And uh, Pierre had been saved from a life of drugs right. and, uh, and had a dramatic conversion. So he was preaching and uh, I would go to, church and uh i i felt like he was speaking directly to me like mm-hmm. you know and um and so i went about two months and i'd go in and i'd hear the message it was hitting me so hard that i'd take when i'd leave i i can't come back i can't go through this like you know <laughs> yeah but by wednesday i'd be yeah. thinking well what else am i gonna do there's no and the funny thing is i'd started dating wendy and i had started wendy was my wife we started dating and uh, i was going to ask you where yeah, that fit in yeah there. <laughs> yeah so so yeah wendy and i started to date around that time and uh so i i remember like i'd be hearing the message and i was i was crying like you know and i didn't really understand why i was and and then i remember looking at wendy and she was smiling <laughs> she, and i was thinking she knew what was going i on. was thinking to myself inside <laughs> What is wrong with this girl? I'm crying and she's smiling, like you know. <laughs> she but, <laughs> she's happy because she knows she's hooking a man yeah. that the Lord's working on, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was <laughs> well, isn't that something? So it's about two months I went to church and yeah. finally uh you know, it was it was February eighteenth, nineteen eighty five, after a sermon yeah. on the seventeenth uh, that I I I just it shook me right down to the foundations and yeah. uh so it was sort of like Pierre was preaching from Hebrews, and he 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 was talking about you know if you came up to the door, which <clears> I definitely was coming to some point of decision, and if you turned away from the light that you were given and turned away, you might never come back. Yeah, and that hit me so hard. And so after church, Wendy and I went home, or I went to my mom's. We had supper dinner at my mother's, and then I had a my own home. And so we went over, and all afternoon we talked about the gospel. And then Wendy was trying to convince me of how bad a sinner I was, mm-hmm. and I started to defend myself. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so finally she said, look, because Wendy had you know, been a Christian from eight years old, and yeah, uh, yeah. there were some things she didn't understand about my past. And she right. said, well, look, you should just call Pierre. Why don't you call Pierre and talk to him, because I can't. So she kind of just turned me over. Yeah. And, and uh, so I called Pierre the next day, thinking he'd... Uh, you know, come up sometime during the week, and he said, "Well, what are you doing this afternoon?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I said, "Well, yeah." Uh, so yeah. he came up, and we went over everything yeah. in about three hours. And uh, at the end of it, uh, he asked me. I knew I'd wanted to live a, a different life, uh, a, a better life than I had been living, and and but I was so afraid, Andy. The thing I was, I had been so far from God. I really didn't know mm-hmm. if there was a God. That's how dark yeah. in my thinking I was. Uh, but he, he asked me this question. He said, well, do you, do you think from now on you can live the kind of life you want on your own? And then I thought about that. I knew, I thought I, I thought when I was 15 that I could live a mm-hmm. good life. And, uh, I knew, I said, no, I don't have any confidence that I can live the life I want to live because I know I'd blown it before. Yeah. And then he said, well, he said, I know God is real and I know that he can give you the power to live a right life through faith in Jesus. So, um, so I, I, 
you know, finally just said, okay, I don't even know what to say, what to do. He said, well, I can lead you in a prayer, asking God to forgive, uh, you know, ask God to forgive you of your sins, and you call on Jesus to save you, yeah. you know, and turn your life over to him. So he led me in a prayer, and I, you know, I meant it from the heart. I was, yeah. I had been under deep conviction. Yeah. And so we went through the prayer, and I knew at the after we had prayed that I had come to. Uh, I felt a bit of a relief because emotionally it had been a, uh, you know, it had been a, it had been a, you know, a, quite a journey. And uh, well, you were carrying it all yourself yeah, up to that point, yeah, up right? To that point. Yeah. I went down. Pierre told me you should go down and tell Wendy. So I went down and told Wendy. I, I didn't really feel any great, you know, but that night I came home to my house and I did something I don't know if I ever did before in my life. I got down on my knees and I thanked God for saving me. I crawled into bed and I went to sleep. I slept like a baby that night. When I got up the next morning, I knew that God was with me. Mm -hmm. I could sense the presence of the Lord in my life, Andy. Yeah. And I got up that day and it was like everything looked different to me. It's a new birth. It was a new beginning, new day. And that was new the, life. That was the turning point in my life. And, yeah. uh, so I was, I thank God for the troubles that he allowed me to have and uh, it brought me to, yeah. he, he used that in my life too. So, so how long after this before you sense, or started sensing uh, that uh, are called a ministry and service of, of God's kingdom through serving the church? Well, it wasn't, how you know, that really that long, Andy, because like uh, I immediately had, <clears throat> I, I thought, okay, this is what God has done for me. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I had so many friends and neighbors um, and uh, I always like, you know, growing up in a small community, I knew a lot of, you know, you knew all your yeah. friends and neighbors and I knew a lot of them were having difficulties like I had. And so I, I thought I knew Jesus is the answer. Yeah. So right away I had the strong desire to be telling other people and right. sharing my faith. And, um, the other thing that started to happen as I was working as a foreman, I, I started to think, okay, I'm, you know, I'm kind of leading people and direct, you know, um, have responsibility for uh, a forestry crew. And I became very good friends with Pierre. And then a new minister came to our church. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started in my mind comparing, uh, okay, what's it like to be a pastor? Like, like as a foreman, that, you know, I could see there was some <laughs> yeah, le leading people. Things, yeah, you know? yeah. And so that was, and Wendy, Wendy had, you know, the funny thing, Wendy had wanted to marry a minister. Uh oh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, we, we were married yeah. about nine months after we became a Christian, but uh, yeah, so Wendy was quite uh, already prepared for this kind of life, yeah. you know, or, or desire, yeah. So, like, and obviously, very excited to see it growing in you, yeah, no, definitely. And that was the great thing when I first yeah. became a Christian. Wendy had been a Christian from age eight, yeah. and she was 22, like when we started dating, and uh, or 21, and uh, she, I started voraciously to read the Bible. When, but I'd had all kinds of questions, but Wendy could just answer and feed me and turn me to the, into the Bible, right. what to read. So I grew a lot. Like Wendy helped me in my Christian growth right. a lot. Uh, so uh, it was it was great that way. You and got a good woman, Ross. I, I, I did. And in I know, spite of yourself? In spite of myself. Well, that's what happened to me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, uh, we, or not not to derail your story. No, but, no, that's but fine. I, but I, I was in Bible college. I kind of uh, convinced I was going to uh, go into ministry and serve the Lord. And then after my second year, I dropped out and I said, no, I'm not doing this. And, wow. uh, and that was year Lynn and I were married and, uh, and after one year with her, I was, uh, I went back, I went back to ministry because, you know, conversations with Lynn and, 
and encouragement from her and, and, uh, and, uh, so, Hey, d- don't <laughs> underestimate <laughs> uh, the, 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 the work of a godly woman in your life. I'll yeah. tell you. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, uh, so you, you, uh, eventually get into ministry. Was, where was your first ministry after you, uh, where did you train? Where did okay, you go for so, your studies? So, yeah, I went to, uh, Toronto Baptist Seminary. There had been a, a seminary team was traveling at the end of the school year from Toronto. They, they traveled through, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Quebec, the Maritimes, and they, this team ended up coming to our church. So uh, they had brought material literature with them, and they had uh, in the literature there was online or um, distance courses. Right. And I thought, oh, Christian Foundations. I thought I, I, I wanted to study more. You know, I had that oh. desire to learn. So I enrolled. I took one or two courses before I went to seminary, and that. Uh, so I started to have that link with the seminary there. And um, so that's, you know, through different, uh, just a stronger call in my life. Wendy, uh, you know, already believed that I should go and prepare for ministry, like mm-hmm. try to train. And my job, there was a change coming in my job. I, I would have had to move away, like during the week. So wow. uh, all week I would have been away and oh. come home on the weekends. And I really had a strong view of marriage and family. I didn't want to be away from my wife and children, even just during the week. Yeah. And yeah. so that I started to, you know, think, okay, what am I going to do? You know, and at the same time, God was starting to, you know, maybe is this God yeah. a nudge to... Yeah, time for a transition yeah. to something something better and more kingdom-oriented. Yeah, and the yeah. elders, uh, the pastor and elders in our church, uh, you know, they were kind of sensing that... Uh, you know, God might be calling me and yeah. the church really affirmed the decision. And yeah. uh, once yeah. I came to a point and said, okay, God, whatever you want to do, like the pastor came up and just said, maybe you ought to pray. Uh, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do, if you want me to go, then just, you know, he said, apply and see what happens to seminary, you know? Oh. And, and all of a sudden, yeah, the, all things just, and I yeah. started to have tremendous peace. Yeah. And Wendy was excited and there was, I could, there's all kinds of things I could tell you, Andy, how yeah. it just... Well, it just snowballs. Yeah. When, when you open up and say, you know, yeah. <laughs> that that door to that uh, God, God it, I think he steamrolls you <laughs> if yeah. he wants you, you know what yeah. I mean? If it, if it's been been truly affirmed to you by your church and, and it's and it's a clear call. Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I understand that because I think that's the experience of a lot of ministers I talk to is once once they realize that this was it, uh, the next thing you know, it was training and then off there are to wherever in ministry. Where, where yeah. was your first church? Okay, so after the first year I was in Toronto, like we came back and I was doing forestry work for the summer in Cape Breton. And just before we went back, uh, I received a call from, uh, um, yeah, I guess it was the principal of the seminary. And there was an opportunity to to pastor a little mission church in the west end of Toronto. Oh, okay. And it was called Mariah Street Baptist Mission. It had never been organized as a church. Right. And it had diminished over the years. But... Uh, all they wanted was someone to preach on Sunday, yeah. and I think to a Sunday school class, one sermon on Sunday, yeah. and they had a were able to give a small salary yeah. and a house to live in right next door. Oh wow! And we had two children at the time, yeah. you know, three and one. Like after the first year, um, four and two, we went back. So it it was just the perfect uh, yeah great support pl- for the ministry. Oh, it was and yeah. uh, so we're there. study and with little income and no, and not as much debt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. Yeah. So we were, I was there, started that, uh, I was there five, about five years. That would be your whole, your whole time of studying. That was a whole time in Toronto. So I, yeah, yeah, there was one year that I graduated in 95 and we were there to 96. And, uh, then, uh, that they were, 
decide to close up the the work anyway that's another long story but anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and and so what was there another ministry after that where were we after that okay so june of 96 so um we had uh nothing really opened up right right away there but we had i had gone on a team at the end of april or may sort of through the maritimes kind of the same kind of touring with the uh, one professor and uh, we through the maritimes visiting some churches so I was, we were praying Wednesday night, maybe there'd be some, you know, there may be something along the way we'd see, but yeah, uh, yeah. interesting enough, we came to Alberton and, uh, and uh, when I got back, I, Wendy asked me, did, were there any churches that, you know, were looking for pastors or anything like that? And I said, well, not really. And I said, there was only one church like, you know, that I would have really been interested in anyway was Alberton. I said, mm. I really liked the, the feel of the congregation. And, uh, but I said, the pastor had just retired or or had resigned and went to another church in august but they just called one of the elders to be the pastor so i really didn't think about it anymore yeah but he had taken it on and then he was farming at the same time so it was just too much right so in december uh we got a call i got a call from this elder wondering if i would be interested in coming over to uh, just to preach they were yeah yeah, so looking for a pastor and and what year was that again? Okay, so that was that was in December '96. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. see, that would have been the uh, that would have been the year after we moved to Ivory Coast. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we were in Ivory Coast till yeah till 2000. So yeah. So we started. Uh, th then uh, I went over a couple times and preached, and I met Wendy and the children. Mm -hmm. We had three at that time, and then uh, then we began our ministry there in February 26, 1997. Yeah. So this year is coming up to. Uh, 25 year anniversary, which is hard to yeah, believe. So, so I guess it wasn't really that long after you moved here that I met you. If I had moved home in 2000, probably yeah. shortly after Oh, that. we would have read uh, probably yeah. pretty quickly, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. You were there for two or three years at yeah. that time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, no, no. And now uh, you went through a, bi a big building project and you're yeah. in a different location in Albert now, a yes. very, very beautiful facility. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, let's, let's talk about, um, um, Let's talk about uh, the, the, the state of uh, our, our spiritual growth for the church, um, not just your congregation, but in general, maybe some of the themes that, uh, that uh, Dr. Jack Wittick spoke about this week, uh, maybe like the Acts prayer or the three stool. Um, you, 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 would you be interested in getting into that a little bit and talking about uh, what is, uh, what do you think is uh, the, what do you think is the biggest challenge to spiritual growth in our culture today for Christians today? And, and what can we as pastors do to maybe stimulate that more in people? What do you, what, what are you doing? What, 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 uh, what did you, maybe something from the conference, uh, yeah. um, or whatever, what do you think is the biggest lack or challenge uh, to spiritual growth that we have to address as leaders? Well, for myself, just thinking about the, the church, not only just say like in Alberton, but the church no, no, in, in general, general. Yeah, in, that's in, what I mean. in Canada, yeah. North America, yeah. well, in Western civilization. Right. I think, you know, you look back to the Old Testament and you see when Israel prospered, uh, materially, it seems that they began to forget the Lord and yeah. uh, and then they just began to enjoy the good things that God had given them, uh, the material things, which are good in themselves. Yeah. But uh, it seemed that they turned away from the creator and began to worship the created things. Created so things, yeah. I think here, like in, in our part of the world, you know, we have prospered uh, materially and, yeah. uh, and, and PEI is a very prosperous little uh, island, you know, it yeah. really is. Uh, I'm not saying everybody is, you know, but I think all these good things, 
uh, that we have, uh, they can be a huge distraction. Uh, we can be working hard to get all these good things. There are so many good things to do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, where the church once was central to the community, oh, that's right. no longer the case. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, things that are vying for the attention of people. I mean, if you're in the, the school system, yeah. I mean, there's there's multitudes of sports, yeah. uh, music opportunities, which are all good things in themselves, but, um, you know, there's a commitment demand it now yeah. if you're going to be involved in, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a challenge for Christians to have time, I think, just busy with work, life. Uh, you know, taking your kids to be involved in all kinds of things. People are oh, just yeah. running. Oh, yeah. And we live in a culture, of course, that has no, you know, reverence really for, for God. Is he's, yeah. he's you know. Yeah, it, it ends up being on very low on the stick of choices, right? Yeah, so or it can. It can. Yeah, so yeah, it it's, can. A, it's a yeah. challenge for, for uh, I, I think, you know, as, as the church, there's no reason why we shouldn't uh, be... You know, fulfilling the Great Commission, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Word of God, mm -hmm. but it's the 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 faith in God and the okay saying okay our 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 purpose is to glorify God, but this is the mission, this is what we're to yeah. be involved in, yeah. and uh, we just don't seem to be doing it. Yeah, it, it reminding reminding people that Christ is worthy, and in and and in the the marketplaces of choices and time commitments yeah. or whatever else that uh, that he has to be put on the agenda, I yeah. guess, and uh, and that that sometimes doesn't seem to be very popular. Well, I, I know one one family had mentioned to me that uh, that uh, between uh, between the various sports or kids involved, and like you said, a forty yeah. hour work week, you got three kids, and yeah. and if they all only had one sport or music or drama or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, this, this family said that between, between their two, I don't remember, I don't remember if they have two or three kids, yeah. but anyway, uh, they were saying all winter, it was almost seven nights a week. They were at, at either a gymnasium or a rink or somewhere or whatever. And, and, uh, when they told me that after I left, I said to Lynn, I said, I don't know how they support that, like mentally and financially, maybe even, uh, because I know the hockey parents say it's about $2,000 in expense, but you know, with gas and equipment to running to hockey games and things like that. And you got two or three kids in those sports, you're talking like six, eight, Eight, some of them ten thousand dollars a winter to be involved in these sports, yeah. and uh, not not that you know it's not that it's a bad thing to do no, that. No, but I said not. to Lynn, I said, I I, I said I, I I just couldn't function by being out of the house seven nights a week like that. Like, what yeah. kind of relationship you know, like would would Lynn and I have had if if we had done that as well? Like, you know, uh, going different directions. You don't see each other all day, and then you're gone with kids till bedtime at night. And wow, like like when do you ever get a chance to sit down and talk to one another? husband what wife let alone open the bible yeah. and read and read scripture and do it and not be exhausted where you can really focus and in a tranquil mind ready to receive some truth from the word of god when yeah. you're that tired and running that much uh it's pretty hard it's pretty hard to focus uh is is is, is i know for me it is anyway yeah I mean, there's a lot of demands on people and even when people retire you know yeah. i mean there's all kinds of good things for them to do as well like you know so and then when they have yeah. grandkids and whatever so yeah. it doesn't seem to be you know if you're in school uh, if you're a young family uh you know just mm -hmm. maybe a little older family but then when you retire there's all kinds of things <laughs> to keep you busy right oh, and yeah. to keep your focus off yeah uh, and none of them are bad 
they're not bad. No. It's just that at a balance, they become a distraction. Yeah. So. so I think there's a lot of pull, like that pulls the family apart, like, you know, competing yeah. things. And like, it's like a variety of gods, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're all vying for attention. And yeah. so that's one of the things that's, uh, you know, I find it's a challenge uh, for us here. If, if you were, if you were to recommend to it, like, it, it, let's let this is just a hypothetical yeah. thing. Uh, 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 you 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 have somebody who becomes a, a recent Christian, or somebody yeah. who maybe is a young Christian. They've you know uh, they start attending your church or whatever, and and uh, and 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 if they were to say, well, what is the like what what kind of things would you recommend that uh, that I do to, to feed myself spiritually, build myself up spiritually? Like like what what would you what would you uh, recommend to them as some practices or disciplines or habits that uh, that you might recommend to them um, to see that they're they're uh, they're on a growing trajectory mm. instead of a of a waning <laughs> falling yeah. away trajectory. What, what, you're a pastor. You're yeah. at a church. So, uh, what would you recommend to a person like that? Well, yeah. So if someone is, is is born again, you're you know you're trusting if they are that there's there's new desires they want to know about god they want to right you know so i think acts 242 is the classic verse for us oh, all yeah. like you know and jack did uh, refer yeah. to that obviously on the, yeah, on the and weekend they devoted themselves to the apostles yeah. teaching the breaking of bread fellowship and prayer that's yeah. the center that's it so i mean you yeah. think of the, the word of god obviously if you want to know god then i mean yes there's a way that we can know some things about God through the creation. We we know that uh, yeah, we yeah. can understand his majesty, his power, his yeah. goodness, yeah. his wisdom. General revelation. General yeah. revelation. Yeah. But I mean, as far as, uh, you know, knowing uh, who God is, who we are, and our need of Jesus, well, that's, you know, that's all in the story of the Bible. So Yeah, and, and it's not anywhere else. And no. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, generally, if someone is born again, then once they get a taste of the word of God, uh, then you would expect that, like a newborn infant who's crying for milk, yeah. that uh, uh, that new Christians will want to hear the word. So, I mean, now we have opportunity, of course, with our own Bibles mm -hmm. to begin to read the Bible, and uh, and of course, coming to hear uh, pastors who actually believe that the Bible is God's word, because we need to make it clear that. Uh, not every church or denomination or not every pastor or priest actually believes in the word of God. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, you know, you have, you, you need to find a place where you can go where the person actually believes that the Bible is God's yeah. word. Yeah. Is inspired. And yeah. that it, that it, that it does have the authority to guide and direct our knowledge and our practice. And, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's someone that's been newly converted in our church. So I've just started, uh, a Bible study to get them started mm -hmm. and to kind of help them uh, grow and get a foundation. So we've started in the Gospel of Luke. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you want to get the Word of God and the Christian, you know, there's a unique relationship there because, you know, like uh, yeah. my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. I know them and they follow me. Yeah. So if we want to be followers of Christ... Uh, then the word of God is uh, yeah. integral to that. Yeah, we got to get him get him imprinted immediately on on uh, his word, and yeah. not not necessarily even following our voice. Yeah, but but simply following the word. We may preach the word yes. with our voice, but they're not following us. It's to get, getting them focused on who their Lord is, who yeah. their master is, who their savior is, and and go, going directly into that word exactly. uh, for his yeah. guidance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the other thing is like, uh, you know, the disciples asked Jesus, uh, you know, teach us to pray, like, you know, John's taught his. And so, you know, when you, um, you're you reading the Bible, well, that is uh, 
God communicating to to us like through His Word. Yeah, and then but. Any good relationship, there has to be two-way communication, right? Dialogue. Yeah, yeah. so we uh, talked on the weekend, as you know, at the men's conference about the ACTS formula, A-C-T-S, which stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, which is just petitions, right? Yeah, prayer requests for others' needs. Yeah, so again, as Christians... Um, Like any good relationship, if you want to grow in your relationship, you've got to communicate. Mm -hmm. And God... Is where we become his ch- child, yeah. and God delights in hearing us come to him individually and corporately. And so, yeah. you know, we, as we learn about him, then there's, you know, we do adore him. Uh, the scripture is full of praise about uh, his character, uh, his great works in history, mm-hmm. in particular, what he's done through Jesus. So, yeah. this adoration, but mm-hmm. also as we uh, walk with the Lord. Uh, we and we read his word, and the Holy Spirit is working us. We begin to realize, oh, I didn't realize that was. Uh, I, I begin to realize these things are sins or displeasing to God. Mm-hmm. So there's confessing to God. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, if you're in a relationship, like say with your wife, and I mean, you go, you 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 sometimes you you can you can uh, say things or act in ways that. You feel distance. Yeah, it's a covenant relationship, so you don't. The relationship doesn't uh, end, but there are times we do have to say we're sorry, right, and ask forgiveness. Uh, yeah. Okay, I confess. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, with the Lord, obviously, yeah. we're we're living this life, and uh, we do. We, yeah. we, we're. It's a growing thing. So, yeah. Yeah. so we. Uh, yeah, we confess sins. Yeah, I've 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 thought things about people in my mind I shouldn't yeah. have. I've said things I shouldn't yeah. have. I was harsher. I I can remember one time I corrected my kids and I was a little harsher than I should been. And yeah. and I, I remember it was in this office right here, Ross, uh, where yeah. you're sitting. I had to call them in and I and I said, guys, I said I wanted you to know yeah. that that I still feel that that you needed to be corrected on what we talked about. Yeah. But I said that's no excuse for the manner I did it because it was excessive and uh, and and it and it wasn't done in love. It it was it was said said with too much temper yeah. and uh you know and, and well, I've been, yeah i've it, done the same thing yeah so i just to had to say it to the yeah. kids so and uh yeah no no confession yeah. lot lots of that yeah yeah and thanksgiving i mean you you know we it's not just a once a year thing like you know for the christian like thanksgiving yeah uh, our whole life you know seeing things from god's perspective uh the whole creation um, you know, family, friends, food, clean water, yeah. uh, our health, uh, but most of all, you know, our, our for self, Jesus, our, our salvation, our salvation our Jesus, hope, yeah. everything, the future our, hope we have, our church our, family, the word of God. <laughs> yeah. You could go on and on, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the last is petitions. Like, you know, we have yeah. needs and we have a mission to carry out and uh, we have people in our community who have needs and we have loved ones that are not Christians. So yeah, pray for them. Th- th- we are called to, to bring those petitions to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. As- so prayer is a big part of a new Christian. Yeah. You know, it's important to, uh, yes, to have them in the church, like hearing the corporate prayer, but they need to develop this, uh, you know, a, a time each day where they spend with, the, you know, with the Lord, they stop and commit to a time yeah. of fellowship with the Lord. No matter how busy we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the next thing is the fellowship, which 
you know, uh, oh, there's yeah. all kinds of fellowship in the world. Like, I mean, it can be at the arena. It could be a gardening club. <laughs> we're, you know, Christian fellowship, yeah, kingdom so we're, fellowship. We're talking about kingdom fellowship. <laughs> so what we have in common, yeah. and we can be, have all kinds of different uh, interests and backgrounds and uh, racial difference, whatever, like, you know. Yeah. But the thing that unites us is Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we get fellowship as part because we can't live this life alone no and we weren't intended we're part of a body and everyone has a gift everyone has a part to play in the body and but it's a fellowship where we get support encouragement brothers and sisters who walk through this life with us we pray for each other so the the one and others that theme in scripture jack talked about that you know like encourage one how many do you say there were well he said there was 28 or something but i I thought it was like it was like 38 myself yeah uh, i I remember i wrote them down one time but (laughs) but anyway i i i maybe he was looking for a specific greek phrase that was translated but in english that that phrase in english might have came up more although it might not have been directly stated that yeah. way in the greek or something i don't know what yeah. he was so this but, fellowship yeah of, oh, of, yeah of being together gathering in the lord's day and at other yeah. opportunities so i think you know yeah. this is one of the things where if if people are are not in fellowship like unless there's you know i mean obviously there's health reasons that they can't be or whatever but uh, it's 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 so vital to people's health. Yeah. Spiritual health is the fellowship. Yeah. And, uh, well, and what I find about that, Ross, too, is a lot of times that we kind of have the attitude, "Oh, well, I've got to go do this." That has yeah. that has nothing to do do with it. If if, if we're communing with Christ yeah. and in fellowship with Christ, I, I I don't I don't think we look at fellowship as, "Oh, I got to go to church. No. I got to do this." It's it's I get to do this, and yeah. and and Christ always drives us with a thirst to seek out others in the body of yeah. Christ. It it becomes a it becomes a gift that fellowship and you all know like uh like uh one of the some of the most enrich well always the most enriching things that happen in life are usually conversations with others or shared events that you've had with others at church or or in yeah. a prayer meeting like you say you know you you and i how many times have we encountered one another somewhere and we stop and have a conversation that's exactly. you can't have that enrichment you can't have that affirmation you can't have that uh, that you can't do one another's alone period. No. <laughs> that's that's the bottom line right that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the other thing I find too is, is on these one another's is, is I can fool myself and I can delude myself. And, yeah. uh, but my wife can see when, when my stress is going up and I'm yeah. getting short tempered yeah. and, uh, and my friends at church who, you know, they might not have seen me at work all week and I land at church all Sunday and they can see that I'm not very focused and I seem to be, uh, edgier than normal and they see me talking to my wife in the parking lot or my kids and they see that I'm a little shorter mm. and a little less patient than they normally mm. see me be or whatever and uh, and I think that that's a great thing about having fellowship in the church like uh, women having a few other women they're close with and and we can't be close with every single person no, in the church can't. but no. but you know we always have three or four that you know we we, we become spiritual buddies and not yeah. to the exclusion of others but you know I, I've had I've had people over the years that look at me and say, Andy, that attitude is just not right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where it's coming from or what's driving it, but you know, uh, it needs to be fixed. And if you want to talk about that, you know, and when you got, when you got, uh, people, um, you know, 
know, you know, they have your best interest out, you know, they just have, they have the best interest for your family or whatever else. And it's, it's, it's not a personal attack and they're friends because you, you know, yeah. you have a history, you've been going to church together for years. And when they stop and say that, they say, Andy, you, you, you don't realize how out of balance this has become and we can see it. You can't see it but we can see yeah. it and uh you know and that's a good thing that because, is a good because thing, the yeah. devil blinds us uh to to when we're backsliding or or when you know when we're we're not putting our eyes where we should be and and uh, and I and and I think it's good because they 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 see what we can't see and uh, but yet they encourage you to get back on the path and you know get and you get an opportunity to talk about things or or pray about it or 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 study the scripture about it and let's face it some sometimes it's an outright sin where they just say, Andy, yeah. that, that's just plain, that you, you just can't do that. That's just plain against the word of God. You can't act like that. You can't say that. You can't do that to people. That's a great thing to have brothers, <laughs> like, you know, or if it's a lady, but yeah. sisters, where you have people that you, they, you know that they love you, you mm -hmm. know they care, and they love you enough to, to you know, it's, it talks about speaking the truth in love, like I, yeah. mean, I know in the church, but this is even one aspect of yeah. that, yeah. because if you love someone, uh, you know... You don't lie. You no, tell them the truth. You tell them the truth. Yeah. 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 And in our culture, see, we, we're the, the, in, under this big guise of be kind, everything is be kind. Well, the scripture says to be kind yeah. to one another, uh, but it also says to be truthful to one yeah. another and, uh, and sweeping somebody's uh, lies or, or deceptions or sins under the rug and lying to them and as a friend and pretending it's, it's okay and not not speaking to them. That's the most unloving thing in the world. It if is. we cared for their soul and we cared for their walk in Christ, mm. what, what would we do? But, but, but encourage them to, you know, to refocus on Christ and say, do you realize, or am I just, or am I mistaken? Am I seeing, seeing this wrong? You know, if I'm seeing it wrong, please correct me and, and forgive me for, for accusing you of something that isn't true or whatever. But, uh, but, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's, it, it, we forget that speaking truth and having somebody that speaks truth to us is love too. Yeah. That is the that ultimate is. kindness and love is, 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 uh, is not, not, to, not to care, not let me carry on into delusion, um, or a lie or whatever. So, well, God, you know, I would say God, God, uh, you know, he, he accepts us, you know, as we are, when we come to him, like broken, whatever it might be, but he loves us too much to leave us. Oh, where yeah. where we are, like you know, yeah. and, I, and I think that's part of the church too. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. we we help each other along in our Pro sanctification, progressive, right? progressive yeah. sanctification, yeah, exactly. the ongoing, yeah. lifelong pursuit of more Christ-likeness, yeah. and uh, yeah, one. So the yeah. the last part of that Acts two forty two is the the Lord's Supper, like you know, breaking bread together. Now I know, you know, there's probably some different opinions, but like there seemed to be maybe they, they were having these love feasts, these fellowship, these meals together. But it seems that out of that, that they broke bread and yeah. drank wine uh, together, the grape juice, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the Lord knew, he, you know, he said, do this in remembrance Remem of me, right? Yeah. yeah. So he knows uh, how prone we are to forget or to lose the focus on what is central to our mm -hmm. faith, which is, yeah. which is Jesus himself. Yep. His person, his death on the cross for our sins yep. and his resurrection. So we're reminded, you know, yeah, he, he died for our sins and we doing this. It's also, there's an evangelistic part about yeah, it. Big our, our children uh, or people that come in may ask what, you know, what are you doing? And also it, the scripture tells us that as long as we do this, we proclaim the, the Lord's, Lord's death, death until, until he comes. comes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah proclaiming so, his death, uh, yeah. proclaiming his return yeah. and, uh, 
keep in mind that all of life is preparation for that return. Yeah. yeah I know the kids at, at, at uh, in our home church, uh, whenever, whenever we make that declaration of, uh, at the end of communion, that as often as we do this, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And everybody raises their hand and says, indeed, he is coming okay. again as, <laughs> as a, as a confession of faith yeah. that we believe that is absolutely true. Indeed, he is coming again. And it's, and it's interesting to watch the kids raise their hand, you know, and, and, uh, and, indeed he is coming again yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's precious it's so funny. i think those four things andy for me like yeah. you know for a new believer you know you this that it's just basic yep things but it's foundational and from there you know and yeah. you'll begin to serve and use your gifts and so yeah. On. yeah yeah well look you know i i think we should probably wrap it up but you know we've been going for yeah. 47 minutes we have yes i know okay. doesn't it go yeah. quick but uh, it, sure. it, it's been wonder, wonderful to have you and and thanks for hosting that men's conference this week ross i know that's uh, a lot of work for you guys it was uh it's just a delight i get i get a lot of joy you know, I think there's around 10 pastors there this yeah. time. And uh, yeah. so it was, it was great. And thank you for asking me to do this. Oh, hey, no, we'll have you back another time. <laughs> okay. we'll, pick, we'll pick another theme, like maybe something you're studying in Bible study, like yeah. if it's the doctrine of sanctification or something, we'll have another conversation about something yeah. else. Or maybe we'll just go hunting and tell the story of what we did when we were hunting or something okay. or go for a hike. <laughs> it doesn't have to be just about theology no. or anything like that. So. Sounds good. Thank you. Andy. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in today. We appreciate you uh, coming back to the invisible humanitarian approached by a guy who's asking the exact same question and nobody tells the story that the talmud says that next shemai beats the man with a stick (laughs) what circumcision (laughs) (laughs) yeah first time i asked mom what a virgin was (laughs) all the adults in the kitchen went silent but what kind of surgeon uh, a rocket surgeon very excited about that. We want you to be our rabbi. Well, okay. Rabbi Herding. Jesus told me I'm not to insist that men call me rabbi. Oh, okay. Are you still here? You must be a real sucker for punishment. Thank you for listening to the Invisible Humanitarian podcast today. Check out our website at theinvisiblehumanitarian.ca or check us out on our Facebook page. Please subscribe to us and leave us a good rating on your favorite podcast subscriber. And please, whatever you do, tell all your crazy friends about this podcast. 